Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. But we're going we to lay an awesome foundation for where things are going and what God wants to, to show us and what God wants to do. You know, because when you talk about vision, vision is a, it's a very big word, amen? And, you know, anybody that knows my father knows that he was the king of vision. You know, I tell people, he could walk into a dark room, painted colors, and, and you'd be like, well, how did you even know you was painting right? He was like, I saw it in the dark. He used to say, I could sell a peacock, a, a color chart. <laughs> And so when God spoke vision, I, you know, I said, okay, God, what, what is it that you want us to know about vision that hasn't already been said, that, that hasn't already been spoken? And God, sure enough, you know, he came right in and said, hey, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to do. And so I'm so excited about all that's to come, you know. Uh, like I said, I can tell you right now, we were planning on doing this for four weeks. It's, it's at least at five weeks now. I know that much at the first service. <laughs> and so today we're going to do, um, you know, we're going to have a good time just, 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 just peeling back some layers, you know, because a lot of people, you know, and, and myself included, when it comes to vision, you know, we've seen a whole lot of things. And so it's, it's, it's important that before we start talking about what God, God wants to do and, and the new that God has, that we really get an understanding of the foundation of vision. And that's a place to where God was like, there's so much that's, that's been said, so much that's been happened that's happened that I just, want, I just want people to get back to the foundation. How many of you guys know that sometimes you can just get moving so far that you can sometimes lose sight of just the foundation of a thing, amen? amen. And so that's what we're going to do today. You know, it's, it's going to tell you right now, it's going to be a little rough at moments. Is that all right? We're going to make it through together. Just, just, just hold on just a little while long. Is that how the song goes? Hold on just a little while. I don't know how it went. I really don't know how it went. I don't even know if it's a song, but I thought I would try. And y'all would catch me, but y'all just watched. Let's see if he knows the second verse. But <laughs> that was on the cover of the album. But you wouldn't know the second verse unless you listened to the inside. Well, anyway, you know, because it's, it's important that we peel back the layers, you know, peel back the layers of, of, of stuff sometimes to get back to the core purpose of what God wants to do. You know, it's. It's amazing, you know, I, I love new restaurants, right? I love going to, to new restaurants, but sometimes it's a challenge because although I go to a new restaurant wanting a new thing, when I get there, you know, I see all the things I like on the menu. And how many of you guys know it's that moment where it's like, okay, do I really go out there and get that new thing or do I just go with what I, I normally get? Well, the fact is, you came to a new restaurant to get something new. But yet, you have that challenge in your mind of, I don't know if I really want this, this new thing, although I came here for something new. And so it's like, 
man, what, what happens? What happens? You know, everybody, I believe you came to Christ because you wanted what? Something new. But what we have to realize is the word of God isn't sown into our mind. It's sown into our hearts. The word of God isn't sown into our mind. It's sown into our hearts. And so a lot of times you'll be sitting there and, and you'll feel something pulling your heart towards something, but because you can't, you know, in your mind, recognize it or figure it out, it becomes like a little battle. And that's what kind of happens <laughs> to me, you know. I love restaurants. When I go to restaurants, is okay, my heart's telling me I came in for something new, but my mind is telling me stick with what you know. <laughs> my heart is telling me to just go on out there and not be waiting for the magic words. Y'all know the magic words at a restaurant? If you don't like it, we'll take it back. I was waiting on that. <laughs> go ahead, bring me something new. <laughs> Amen. What's happening? We're saying, man, you know what? Hey, I, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to try it out since it ain't going to cost me nothing. But my mind is, is, is competing with my heart, and I'm thinking about sticking with what I know. Oh, amen. And so a lot of times that happens to us with vision. You came to Christ because you wanted something new with your life. But we have to realize the word of God is not sown into our mind. It's sown into our hearts. So it's not something in our mind that we're looking for to say that that's God, but something in our heart now that lets us know that's God. Oh, amen. That's good news. Because, you know, I, 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 I had this thing with my sister. She went, she went away to college. She was out of college at that point. Was she still in college? She was still in college. Uh, we went to Atlanta. She moved to Atlanta. And I'm a, just, just by birth, I'm, a, I'm just a designer type of guy. You know, it's just, I just love to design things. I love to see things. I love to design things. Like I say, matter of fact, I woke up this morning and I was thinking, I want to look like a garden. And so my shoes are the mulch, my pants are the grass, and, and here are the flowers. And I was thinking, I want to look like a garden. So I brought it all together, and I think I did a pretty good job, right? I kind of look like a, like a garden. It's my thing. I, I just love to design stuff. I, I just love to, to do it, you know, as a child. I went to, uh, I would go to theme parks and I would go home and actually draw roller coasters. Notebooks full of roller coasters because I just loved it. And when I went to college, I went to college to be an architect. They told me that would take 10 years, so I switched majors. But <laughs> at the end of the day, my point is, I love to design. <laughs> no, it's so funny. The other day I looked it up again. It's eight years. I'm like, when are they going to get it down to like a four? You know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> Something about knowing how weight works and people in buildings up high and it's important to know that they won't fall out. Something about that that they want you to know. But <laughs> I guess I have to go, to go to class and figure out the rest of it. But the, the thing is, you know, my sister, my family, anybody that, that knows me knows that that's that's kind of my thing, is, 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 is what I do. And so my sister called me, and she was like, Brian, I want you to come up to Atlanta, and I want you to design my apartment. I said, okay, I'll, I'll go up there, no problem. I love to do it. Flew up to Atlanta, walked into her apartment, and she says, now, Brian, I need you to understand some things. I said, well, you know, what's that? 
She was like, this carpet, I don't own this carpet. This carpet belongs to the apartment people. These walls, these walls belong to the people that own this apartment. These lights in the ceiling, that belongs to them. The windows and the frames around them belongs to them. The, the borders on the floor, the trim, that belongs to them. And so we start sitting there, and I'm thinking, like, you know, when I design, I design the whole room. But in that moment, what was happening was my, my ability to design was being limited by the things that she actually owned. And so although I was standing there with the ability to design something magnificent, I could only use the tools and resources that she owned. Because here's the thing. It's not that she couldn't change the carpet. She would just have to put it back. It's not that she couldn't paint the wall. She would just have to paint it back. So anything that she wanted to take ownership of, she could have. She just would have had to put it back. Oh, amen. Because the truth is, and this is our first point here, is your vision will only increase, will increase or decrease based upon what you have taken ownership of in Christ. Your vision will increase or decrease based upon what you have taken ownership of in Christ. Why are you saying that, Pastor Brian? Because God, God can do anything. But what he can do is controlled by what you're willing to take ownership of. See, everything that she was willing to take ownership of in that apartment, I had the ability to be more of who I am. But the problem was the foundation from which I could be everything that God called me to be was being controlled by her ability to own what she saw. Oh, amen. Why is that important? Because a lot of us are praying and asking God to give us vision to do many things, but yet we haven't taken ownership of the foundations that give us the ability to receive it. Oh, man. You know, it's hard for me to believe that I can see myself healed if I don't believe God can heal me. It's, it's hard for me to, to, to see myself as prospering or get a vision from God to prosper if I don't believe God can provide prosperity. Oh, amen. It's hard for me to receive a vision from God to do something when I don't have the foundation to believe that he can actually do it. I haven't taken ownership of the things necessary for me to see what he's saying. Oh, amen. I told y'all just give me a moment. We just, we just going to peel some stuff back. Peel some stuff back. Because what, what, what did that just peel back? A lot of people are, are, are waiting and, and, and trying to see, God, just show me. Show me what you're going to do. Show, show me what it is that, that I'm supposed to be. And, 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 and show me all these things. But yet, he's like, 
man, you got to take ownership of that for you to be able to see what I can be in it. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. That's good news. I want you to turn to Proverbs 29 and 18. Because this is, this is the place where a lot of us, myself included, found myself, you know, really stuck in a lot of different places. And this is a popular scripture. There's nothing new about this scripture. How many of you guys know Proverbs 29 and 18? You know, that's the, that's the scripture that gets, that, that you hear the moment you can't see nothing. <laughs> I'm reading the King James Version. It says, where there is no what? Vision. The people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And I will read that and say, man, if I can't see something, I'm going what? Perish. So I need to see some things. Because if I don't see some things, it seems like perishing is going to happen to me. And God said, Brian, just, just keep on reading that because that's a piece of it. But that ain't, that ain't all of it. Y'all ready to roll back one of them layers? I want you to look at Proverbs 29 and 18 in the Amplified Version. Y'all ready? It says, where there is no vision, and then right there in those boxes, it says, no redemptive revelation of God. Now, see, that box is there to break down and give you a clearer understanding of what was intended when it was written. Amen? And so, when you read that, it starts to peel back a layer because it says, there's no, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. Redemptive means life-saving information. Oh, well, that, that, just, that just changes things a little bit, God, because it sounds like what you're saying here is where there is no life-saving understanding of who God is, people perish. It doesn't sound like you're saying where people can't see something they perish. It sounds like when you don't understand who God is and his saving power, you perish. Because, see, that makes a lot more sense because I've seen a lot of believers live and never do anything as far as a vision for God, but still go to heaven. I've seen people that Hey, man, whether they got this great vision from God and started running after it, they wasn't perishing. God says, yeah, bro, just keep peeling it back, peeling it back. Why are we peeling it back? Because this was the, the point by which I would say, man, if I can't see it, then this thing is going to die. And that became so much of a burden to wear because straight up, me just being honest to you, there were some things I couldn't see. Don't y'all leave me up here by myself. The second service, if y'all going to be up in here, you're going to have to keep it real with me. I tell y'all all the time, 
I'm keeping it real. You keeping it real. There were some things God has said that I could not see. Thank you. If y'all just, you just stick with me, you'll be all right. Like, I ain't raising my hand on that one because I ain't trying to perish. Even if I ain't see it, I'd have made it up myself. People are like, you have vision. Yes, I do. You ain't seen nothing, ma'am, never. If they told you to draw the first line of your vision, you would draw it in the wrong direction because you ain't seen. You ain't seen nothing. <laughs> Oh, Lord, set us free. Set us free. I said, peel back that layer. And so I went and looked at the word vision. Actually, Pastor Deborah helped me with this. I called her about, I don't know, 1130 at night. I said, there's something in this. <laughs> and she emailed me back about sometime in the morning, like 1 a.m. I'm just saying, God be, God be talking. But anyway... When you look at that word vision, that word means kazon. Because we got to understand the Bible was originally written in Hebrew, Greek, and Arabic. And so whenever we see something, if you want to get the original understanding of what was said, sometimes you have to go look and see what does that mean? Not by Webster, <laughs> not Webster, but get a Greek or, or, or Hebrew or Arabic translation of what that word is. And so when you look up the word vision, it says no revelation of God's will. Where there's no understanding of God's will, people perish, which makes a whole lot more sense because if you don't have a life-saving understanding of who God is, you go perish. If you don't know that Jesus came, died to save you, and set you free, you will what? Amen. Amen. But a lot of people hear that word, God's will, and their mind even goes to a whole nother place. And so I'm just going to peel back another layer. We doing all right? Everybody here. We all know that when God said, where there is no vision, people perish, he wasn't talking about something you could draw on a paper. He was talking about something that you understand in your heart about what Jesus did. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. Be free. That's what I'm trying to say. Be free. You may not can see it yet. Be free. You won't perish because you can't see it. Oh, I'm going to get to that later. The will of God. Man, the will of God is such a big word. And, and, and we have to understand that when you look at the will of God, it, it, it's applied actually three different ways in Scripture. And so when you're looking at something and it says the will of God, you have to understand one of these three things he's actually referring to. The first one is God's will is his commandments, his written law that is on your heart. God's will is his written law that is on his heart. Secondly, God's will is also his promises 
his, I like to say, it's his will do's because of Christ that's written in his word. His will do's because of Christ that's written in his word. And that's, that's what we're going to focus on today. The other weeks we're going to focus on the other ones. And I can tell you right now, and not just because I'm going to be here, but you want to be here. Like I say, we, we put these services in every type of technology we can find so that that way you can get it when you're not here. And I'm trying to tell you what's going to be taught is going to be so, it's going to be so important when it comes to what God is doing with you in 2019. You're going to have to know this. Amen? And then lastly, God's will, his instructions, his acts of obedience done by you, directed by the Holy Spirit. Why is it important that we know those three different things? It's important that we know those three different things because a lot of people feel as though they don't understand or know God's will, but they don't know that God's will is actually written. God's will can be found in his promises. God's will can be found in his commandments. God's will can also be instructed to you by the Holy Spirit. That's just one of the ways. Oh, amen. But God's will, when we talk about in Proverbs 29 and 18, what he's referring to there is he's talking about his promises for you. When someone doesn't understand God's promises for them, they will perish. Ooh, don't that make so much more sense? Don't that bring so much more clarity? It should bring absolute freedom to everybody in this room that has received a whole bunch of promises but ain't seen nothing yet. <sighs> ain't nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. There ain't nothing wrong with you. Truth is, just because you can't see something, that doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. Truth is, God's will is his decision, his decision to be him through you because of Christ. God's will is his decision to be him through you because of Christ. Amen? You know, and this, this, this hit me personally because I, I found myself in a place to where it, it wasn't good. And I've shared you guys this, you know, just a lot about just the process of, of me and my wife um, believing for a child. But the thing is, you know, I can be honest with y'all, right? We can, we can have some truth up in here. You know, about four years into believing, I was running into some heavy problems. I was running into some problems because my wife would often wake up and say, I had a dream and I was playing with our child. Then a few more months go by, she'll wake up and be like, man, I had a dream and I saw myself taking Amber to school. And I would be like, man, that's cool. That's real cool. But on the inside, I was saying to myself, God, 
why ain't I seen nothing yet? It seems to me that if this was something you were going to do, I would have a dream like she had. And I found myself in a place of extreme doubt about what God, I knew God had promised me we would have a child, but now that I couldn't see something in the natural, I knew God had promised me a child, but now that I couldn't see something in the natural, I started to doubt the promise because I didn't have a natural experience with what God had said. Listen to what I'm saying. God had promised me I was going to have a child. My wife was like, man, I just had a, I just had a, a dream where I was, I was playing with our child. And I would be like, that's cool. Meanwhile, I'm looking at how to adopt a child. Because I'm no longer believing that we're going to have a child because I haven't seen what she saw. Because I didn't have a natural experience with what God had promised. My faith in what God had promised to me began to unravel because I couldn't have sight of what he said. But then I realized something. That's a big problem. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God said, hold up, Brian. What you're really asking for is to see something so you no longer have to believe something. What you're really asking for is you're asking to to, to step away from having to walk by faith so that you can walk by sight. What what you're really asking for is, is to have proof that I'm doing what I promised you should do. But I already told you, my gift to every believer, every believer was given faith. He said, my belief and my gift to every believer was the possibility to believe things although they could never see it. And God told me, he said, truth is, faith, faith isn't punishment for people that can't see in the natural what God has promised in the spirit. Faith is not punishment. Y'all looking at me weird, but that's how I felt. I felt like it was punishment. I felt like, man, God, why won't you just show me what you showed her? So that I can have faith like she has faith because she's seen something. And God said, Brian, what you're asking for is to step away from believing. Because truth is, faith is God's gift for us to receive everything he's promised, although we can't see it. He said, that's your gift. 
It's a gift. Faith is a gift that allows you to keep trusting, keep doing, keep believing, although you haven't seen nothing yet. And that just did so much to me because I realized I ain't got to see it to believe it is so. I don't have to know the name of the business that God promised me I would have. I don't have to know the location of the house he promised me I would have. I don't have to know the date of the healing he said was mine. I don't have to have sight of anything he's promised. Because people don't perish because they can't see something. People perish because they can't believe something. And that's when I love this, and this is the title of today's uh, uh, sermon message, is the moment I said, you know what, God, I ain't got to see nothing, and I'm still keep believing. You know what he told me? He said, her name is Amber. And the most amazing thing about that was, I still couldn't see nothing. (laughs) But he told me something else. Because of my belief in what I couldn't see. The moment I, listen to what I'm saying. The moment I returned to faith in what God had promised me, he started speaking to me again about what he was doing. As a layer for some of y'all to get. See, I kept running around asking God to show me natural signs of a spiritual promise. I kept running around truly saying, God, show me something with my eyes so I no longer have to believe with my heart. But the moment I said, you know what, you ain't got to show me nothing with my eyes for me to continue believing with my heart, he started talking to me again about the things he had promised me he was going to do. Some of you guys have been like, God, why haven't I heard anything about that thing? And the truth is, you've been spending the last two years trying to see things about that thing, not trying to have things to believe about it. And God's like, you moved out of faith. You moved out of believing into trying to find that sign, that sign, that sign that points to the promise. But you got to understand, it was a promise based in faith of who I am. And you may not see it till it shows up. Oh, amen. The truth is, you can carry a promise in your heart without having a vision of what it looks like in the natural. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. Because I want you to look at something. Turn to Genesis 12 and 1. And the reason why I want to look at this is because when we see God talking to Abraham, and it's amazing 
you know, my, my, my whole Christian life, I saw this as a vision that God gave Abraham. The amazing thing is as I went back, and we're going to look at it, as I went back and started reading this vision from Abraham, I noticed one thing. I didn't see the word vision. What I read was a whole bunch of promises. Why are you saying this, Pastor Brian? I'm saying this because when God speaks to us, he speaks to us by promise. God has promised you something that he's going to do. Whether you can see it or not. Because people don't perish because they can't see. People perish because they don't believe. Genesis 12 and 1, it says, And now hereon the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself, your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that what? I will show you. And then he goes, verse 2, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increases in favor, and make, room, make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing. Y'all supposed to say it with me. And you will there we go, be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you. And curse him who curses or uses insolent language towards you. And in you all the families and kindred and the earth be blessed. And by you, they will bless themselves. Go to Genesis 17 and 1, because we're going to see God talking to Abraham once again. And what am I trying to say to you today? God is speaking to you the same way. The foundation of everything that you believe you saw, know you see, is a promise God put it on. The foundation to every vision is a promise. Why are you saying this, Pastor Brian? Because we've been running around saying vision, 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 when we should have said promise, 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 promise. What is your promise? What has God promised to do through you that he's going to do? Your natural experience with what he's promised is a whole nother subject. But what I need to know is what has he promised? Genesis 17 and 1, when Abraham was 90 years old, and the reason why I love this is because it lets you know that God ain't got no calculator on nobody. Abraham was 90 years old, and God was still saying, and I promise, Abraham... I will do some more things through you. Oh, amen. And when Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the almighty God. Walk and live habitually before me and be perfect, blameless, wholehearted, complete. And guess what? And I will 
make my covenant a solemn pledge between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, behold, my covenant, my solemn pledge is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. Nor shall your name any longer be Abram, high exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of a multitude. For I have made you the father of many nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you and kings, and will come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for everlasting solemn pledge to be a God to you and to their posterity after you. And I will give to you, to your prosperity after you in a land which you are a stranger, going from place to place, all the land of Canaan for everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Why are we reading this? Why are we talking about this? Because God's preparing us for what he will do in 2019. And he needs us to sit down and hear and understand how he communicates with us. How we truly pursue the promises placed in our heart. You may not see it, but that didn't mean he didn't promise it. Man, all a bunch of these I wills that God wrote out here to Abraham wasn't none of them in sight. Matter of fact, he gave him another one. Your wife will have a child. Abraham said, that can't happen. The problem was God said, it will Why are you saying that, Pastor Brian? Because I believe God is about to speak fresh and new to every single person here. I believe that God is about to impart things into your heart about what he's promising to you, that he's going to do through you. And we got to hear it the right way. We have to receive it the right way. We have to know that God is wanting to do and use us. But we can't allow what we see to be the evidence of what he's promised. It's what he's promised. It's what he's promised. It's what he's promised. And I know as you, many of you guys are sitting here, you're just, you're just now hearing and seeing God and, and feeling him move upon your heart about things that from the beginning, before all the stuff you've been doing, the last few years started happening, he's right now bringing you back to that moment of where he told you, I will. Because yeah. it's where we got to get back to. We got to peel back all the way to the moment God woke you up and said, I will do this with you. 
Oh, amen. Boy, that's good news. Why? Because I can promise you, you know, in Mark 4 and 19, it tells us that the cares of this world are what come to choke out what God is sowing in. And we started truth is God's not sowing the word into your mind. He's sowing it into your heart. It's not something you recognize with your eyes. It's not something that you've seen. It's something that you know because it's been deposited on the inside of you. And some of you guys are like, Pastor Brian, I haven't even had that moment of, of where I can remember the I will hitting me. Well, guess what? You're in the best place. Because you ain't got a whole bunch of stuff to peel off. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, because your ears and of your heart are tuned right to hear how God is speaking to you, you are going to hear. It's his promise. He said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say have, he didn't say could or should or might. He said, they hear. That's a promise. That's another, I will. What I'm telling you is that deposit is being made in your heart. And your heart is the God that lets you know it's that, although I can't see it in the natural I've never seen it done that way. I've never seen it be, be that way. And, and no, God hasn't given me this, this thing I can see in the natural that, that describes it perfectly. But in my heart, he's placed the promise of what he's going to do. Oh, amen. You guys can go ahead and stand to your feet. Say this with me. Everything I receive... I will eventually see. Everything I receive, I will eventually see. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.